weekends, the Sunday Sweep. Looking at the stories of the week. Okay, we're doing that today, the Sunday Sweep with Lincoln Parker. He's a Liberal Party Defence and National Security Policy Chair. I've spoken to Lincoln many times over the journey on this station and uh, talking about matters of national security and defence. So he brings a certain perspective to these conversations. It's good to have you on board, mate. Hope you're well. Oh, very well, Luke. How are you? Yeah, just fine. Let's go to the story in WA, which people, mm. well, certain people are talking about. I notice it doesn't get much of a run uh, on on the ABC from what I've seen so far. <laughs> and it, it was missing, I have to say to my colleagues in the, at the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, part of the Nine family, of which we're part proudly, I couldn't find it on their website in any any prominence, in fact, at all yesterday. So I guess for different people, this story means different things. But the fact remains, it appears, mate, two illegal boats have arrived in Australia. One Friday morning at Beagle Bay, around 20-plus uh, refugees from Pakistan and Bangladesh. They boarded yeah. a boat in Indonesia. Now second boat, we understand. This arriving later on Friday at Pender Bay. 13 men walked into Pender Bay campsite, 30 k's north of Beagle Bay, bringing the total number of arrivals, we think, to around 35 at least. Now, it's easy, isn't it, when in opposition to say there's not a difference between the policy position, say, of the coalition and that of us here in the Labor Party. But I mentioned earlier, as Scott Morrison once said, you've actually got to believe in this stuff and then you don't cut corners Corners, of, mm. you might think, have no consequences, but at the end of the day, they do. Now, I don't know if that's what, what's at play here, but this is a worrying sign, isn't it? It's a very worrying sign, and I think that the Labor government is mismanaging our borders and our national security. And, you know, the Sydney Morning Herald and the ABC and others should be on top of this because this is national security. This is affecting the lives and the livelihoods of all Australians. And you mentioned, look, the, the latest news that's now come in that I've seen reported on this in the Australian is that it's actually over 40. Um, and you mentioned that there's two boats. We don't know if there's actually three. And in fact, Luke, we don't know if there's more boats on the way. And you'd have to say that there probably are more boats on the way. And as for the Albanese Labor government, well, I think we need to start finding out, have they underfunded the border force? Have they taken funds away as they have with the Department of Defence, with, you know, so-called reviews on their projects and, um, you know, what cuts to the, to their budget. Um, so has it been underfunded? Um, and I also note, Luke, well, where's the Prime Minister in all of this? How come when he was asked just a day ago, why was he unaware that our borders have been broken? Hmm. Um, and he said, well, I was in the car travelling. It's like, well... Mate, don't you have a phone? Do none of your minders have a phone? Yeah. Are your ministers not in touch with you? Yeah. It's it's all very strange. That that did look odd, didn't it? And the problem is, mm. am I right in saying this, Lincoln Parker, that the problem is if you get a few people that reach um, the mainland and punch the air, those pictures are compelling. Look, we're talking about scum of the earth here, the people smugglers who take mm. eight or nine or ten grand from people who think there's an opportunity if they spend a, a week floating around the Indian Ocean, if they get to Australia, of course, that's not that's not the case. But this is pro- these photos turn into propaganda, don't they? 
Oh, of course, and these poor people, these people that want to get out of, for economic reasons, out of whatever country they're in, you're going to spend ten grand given to these people smugglers, and they may lose their life at sea. They may, yeah. you know, the, the boat, the boats that they're in are, you know, not very seaworthy. They can sink. Um, so this is a really troubling humanitarian crisis that the Albanese Labor government is foisting and, and just not dealing with. And you know, of course, we have Albo. Um, who has no idea what's going on, and, and apparently now he's going to jet off to WA because you know his his spin doctors have said, mate, this looks bad for you. Um, but really, he's not tackling the crisis. He's he's failed again. Yeah. Now this is an area of uh, of special knowledge that you have. The ADF, if we were called upon, and look, we hope that we aren't, and we hope that um, you know the world is a a beautiful, peaceful place, but in the in the real world, it, it likely will not be that. But if we're called on to assist, uh, do we have enough uh, weapons? Do we have enough armed personnel? Uh, do we have enough personnel mm-hmm. to last a long time in combat, or are we exposed? Because a lot of us wonder why we didn't send a ship into the Red Sea to assist the Americans. And some mm. of us were, you know, of the view that maybe we don't have one, which is very troubling. But where do you assess things? Uh, it's dire, really dire. Um, there's a lack of leadership from the very top. And, and when I say very top, I mean the Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, and his Minister for Defence, who happens to also be his Deputy Prime Minister, Richard Miles. Um, there's no leadership. The morale inside the Australian Defence Force is at rock bottom. Um, it's never been worse than it is. Um, the recruitment and retention uh, numbers that we're seeing out of the Australian Defence Force are at unprecedented levels. People are leaving in droves and no one wants to join the Labor Party's Australian Defence Force. Well, it's not the Labor Party's, but um, it's led by them, unfortunately because they're setting the wrong tone. They do not have leadership. You mentioned um, personnel. Well, you know, to give your listeners some sort of uh, idea as to how large or not large the Australian Defence Force is, if you look at the NYPD, which is the, the city of New York, which is a very small geographical place, but with a large population, but the workforce of the NYPD is only 50,000. Um, well, it is 50,000. And you look at the numbers in the ADF, the Australian Defence Force is only slightly larger than that at 57,000. How can we defend a maritime nation, a huge island continent of ours, with only 57,000 ADF personnel? Um, And it was also, you know, look, we just don't have an ammunition. If we were fighting a third income war, um, like the Ukrainians are right now against Russia, we'd have about enough ammunition for a week. A week? Um, a week. And so, you know, why aren't alarm bells ringing? And why isn't the government communicating this to the Australian public, which is their duty to do so? Um, and, and why aren't we having this public debate led by the Prime Minister and his Minister for Defence? You know, and you've spent forever in defence research, technology development and and the like. It, it We only have to go back, you know, decades, obviously, and we find people fibbing about their age so they could join the army and defend mm. the country and defend freedom. 
I worry that we have, in 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 a fashion, demonised that that pursuit. And if if yes. push came to shove, we would be battling to get anything like the numbers we once, you know, we once naturally got because people wanted to fight uh, for freedom. That must worry you. It's it's very concerning. And why you know why are we not looking at at why this is? Um, so it is a lack of leadership. Why aren't we communi- all the way down through to our education system? Why are we not proud of being Australians, proud of our heritage, proud of our history? And as you rightly point out, in days gone by, um, my family, and I'm sure your family too, went and defended our country and fought in wars because they believed in our country. They believed in the leadership and what we stood for and our values. And it seems that we're not getting the leadership from this Labor government to go out there and tell Australians, look, you need to be proud. And, 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 and in fact, they're doing the opposite. They're saying that, well, you're a colonialist. You, you should not be proud of, of your history, and um, which is just a disgraceful thing to say, considering we live in one of the greatest, well, we've built one of the greatest nations, most kind nations on the planet. Yeah. Um, and... It, you know, all they're doing is they are making our country less secure um, for for ourselves and for our children and our grandchildren, and they should be held accountable for this. So you, I, I don't want to make this all about all, all about the government, but you can't. I think you can't. I accept what you say there, and you, you look at the division created in the country last year through that referendum. We've just had our national mm-hmm. day, so called, and we can't agree on that. The fractures in this country. I've not seen I've not seen before, and in a fractured country like that, to motivate uh, people to get involved in in defending it, if they if they don't like it, if they're embarrassed by it, or they hate it, they're not going to mm. be in any queue to defend it, are they? Well, no, and 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 I agree with you. Look, I think it's it both both sides of politics need to look at the uh, defence of Australia and national security very seriously. Um, Look, I am a Liberal Party member and I'm proud to say that, that we do, you know, under previous governments, we do spend a whole lot more on defence. We do focus more on defence. Can we do more? Yeah, I think we can do more. Um, but the flip side of that is that the Labor Party are in government. They are in power and they are taking money away from defence. Um, we just talked about whether they're taking money out of the border force and we need to find out whether they have underfunded the border force. But if you're not out there communicating with the public as the Minister for Defence, Richard Miles, and the Prime Minister, Anthony Albanese, should be doing, and they should be telling Australians to be proud and to to tell them that duty um, and service to your country is something that you should be proud of. Well, they're they're doing the opposite of that. Um, you, You mentioned, you know, Albo was out there dividing the country like we've never seen in, in our lifetimes, probably not in 200 years plus. No one, the Prime Minister should never be out there trying to pit an Australian against another Australian. So you're right. Um, and But they need to be held accountable to stop this. Yeah. Because every Australian wants to live in a democracy in a, and with freedom. Yeah, I agree. Look, I know you've got to go. Can I want you to tell me about how two air traffic controllers who didn't show up for work at Sydney Airport on Monday caused mm. cascading flight delays. What? It takes two air traffic controllers? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, are you serious? Like two air traffic controllers in Sydney, the nation's largest city, they call in sick and then that causes all sorts of delays and cancellations. 
sue? Like, what is the Labor government's Minister for Transport doing? Have we heard from her? And and, and what... How do we, do we not have a plan B? I mean, is there no contingency plan? It's like, well, you know, Fred and Joe can't come, but, you know, we've got others that... Yes. This is, we're talking about critical infrastructure here. Yeah. It makes us look third world, Luke. Yeah. I, I agree with that. It is. It's a, it's a security issue, isn't it? I mean, we've got, uh, we've got China leasing the port of Darwin. We know now that it takes about eight, eight towers in regional Victoria to deprive a million people of, uh, of, of power in their homes and offices. We know that, you know, China is making buddies in the Pacific. So, you know, they're yeah. not far away from, from, you know, getting close to the country. We know they can impact on social media and cause all yeah. sorts of mayhem. We, we simply, and I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, and you're certainly not that, but you're right, you know, we, we're looking to, we, we look at all these other things around us that probably matter for a moment or two, but this is, this stuff is really important. It is. There's nothing conspiracy about it. I mean, this is fact. This is happening. Um, we know what happened uh, on the, you know, in WA and the borders. We know that there's at least 40 that have arrived. We know what happened at Sydney Airport with the air traffic controllers. We know what's happening in the Solomon Islands. We know what, with all of the security and strategic um, agreements that these uh, Pacific Islands are putting in place with China are occurring under Labor's watch, even though that they said prior to the election that they would do a better job than the Liberals to keep us safe, Mm. particularly with the Solomon Islands um, and other Pacific Island countries. And you remember that Albo went over there and gave the Prime Minister a big hug yes. in the Solomon Islands. Well, he's just he's about to go to an election and he has come out last week and said that his strategy is to, and I quote, unquote, look north to China. And so now we have on our doorstep, doorstep essentially a China proxy uh, government yeah. very close to us. As I've said to you before, you should be in the Parliament, my friend. Good to talk to you, Lincoln. Appreciate it, Luke.